Hello, and welcome to Cartridge Cinema Club, a podcast that is ostensibly about video game movies. This is episode 126. My name is Mark Champlin, and today, as always, it's like riding a bike. Uh, I'm joined by Alex Wallace. Oh, welcome back, girls and gays. Who is ready to talk about a subpar film? Ooh, ooh, I'm ready to talk about a subpar film. Honestly, one of my favorite things in the world to do is to talk about subpar films. Um, Because our brains are fine. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's that. Yeah, that's a sign that everything in your life is going really well and everything in your brain is functioning properly. If the like maximum amount of dopamine that you get is by complaining about subpar films. Dude, I the 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 sheer idea of the fact that I have a new friend who I'm gonna get to show the Star Wars prequels for the first time (laughs) has like flooded my brain with more serotonin than like the whole rest of the year. I was like, this shit's so bad, and I love it so much. (laughs) I would love to talk to you about it for hours. God, God, um, yeah. What did we uh, What did we watch this week, Mark? Uh, so this week we watched Bayonetta: Colon Bloody Fate. Um, it is a 2013 anime film produced by Gonzo. It's based on the 2009 Platinum Games game, uh, Bayonetta. You may have heard of it. Uh, the film was directed by uh, Fuminori Kizaki and uh, has a screenplay by uh, Mitsutaka Hirota. Uh, this film was released in Japanese theaters in November 2013, uh, and it was later licensed in North America by Funimation, uh, because Funimation does, you know, all the all them all them English anime movies. Uh, and because the... you can't put out an anime film without <laughs> Funimation licensing it, making an it's, English dub. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's the it's the four kids of its day. Yeah, uh, yeah, and um, the I I will say it's it is nice that for this English dub it features uh, most of the same voice cast from the game reprising. Their respective roles, which I think, you know, if you're a fan of the games, uh, generally you will really appreciate that. And that kind of makes this dub like, you know, the definitive uh, version, even (laughs) if uh, even for like for Western audiences, they don't have to like compromise by getting a shitty dub. I think I think <laughs> yeah. that's nice for the fans. You know? Yeah. Yeah, which we are not. <laughs> I guess not, we just Not say. particularly. I would say I yeah, <laughs> I would say that I am not a Bayonetta fan. I have never played a Bayonetta game. My uh, biggest uh, experience with Bayonetta was laughing very hard when she was winning Smash 4 tournaments. That was that's the extent of my <laughs> investment. I, I was I was literally about to say, well, I've played a Bayonetta game. It's called <laughs> Super Smash Brothers for Nintendo Wii U. Ayo. Anyway. Hey. Um, we we said we said the thing. Don't expect any more fucking. We we we, we get it. You've you've played Smash. Yeah. No anyway. no no more. No. There will be no further air dash combo jokes and the rest of this. <laughs> the rest of this podcast you, you seen that fucking sora footage anyway that's, that's um, besides the point. so i'm gonna i'm gonna talk about the plot of of this film this is uh, to my understanding it is basically ripped uh from the plot of the first bayonetta um and you know the kind of general like cultural reaction to the first bayonetta was damn this is cool what the fuck is going on in this game um you know and in that game <laughs> i some some really solid what the fuck moments i will say and in in that game you know i assume that there is at least like a a good amount of of cut scenes to work with this is like an hour and a half long film uh so 
and 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 every bit of exposition in this film is expressed through droll monologues uh yeah. where the scene just sort of grinds to a halt uh and a character just explains the lore out loud to the other characters uh so i am gonna do my damn best here <laughs> um all right so the umber witches the demons uh and the lumen sages which are the angels uh have like an have like an ancient magical beef right there's been there's been beef between them for a long time it's been going on for centuries right and bayonetta is the child of an angel and a demon and that means that she has a a, a great a great destiny or something everybody's everyone's mad at her because she's gonna she's gonna kill obi-wan kenobi or whatever um so all right the point <laughs> The point yeah. is, is that the the bad guy who's who's Bayonetta's dad. Spoilers, but you know you're gonna you find out anyway. It's it's so funny when all these reveals they like treat them like they're actually reveals. Like that was Bayonetta from the past. I had no idea this child who looked exactly like her and had the same hair. Oh, <laughs> anyway. we'll get to it. Um, Bayonetta's dad is trying to resurrect like an evil guy, and Bayonetta's got to stop him. That's the plot, right? Um, throughout the film. There are several subplots that are introduced and then proceed to go nowhere, uh, including uh, a journalist guy who thinks that Bayonetta killed his dad, um, a rival witch from Bayonetta's childhood who shows up and fights a bit and then turns good, obviously, uh, Bayonetta's weapon trader friend who also has magic powers, it is revealed at the end, and also is a black exploitation character, we'll talk about it, um, and... And as you mentioned, Baby Bayonetta is there. We'll talk about it. Uh, again, none of these subplots really go anywhere or provide any sort of emotional resonance at any point in the film. Um, this is one of those movies where, like, every scene starts and the characters are just in a new location. And you have no idea why they're there. Um, and then a fight happens. And then that pattern just repeats for, you know, like, an hour and a half. And, and that's pretty much the movie, you know, in the end, they, they go to the future and also go to space. And there's like a big God fight in space. And that's kind of, um, <laughs> that's what happens. You've in been the transported back in time and to Mars. <laughs> that's what happens in the movie. Um, Mark, uh, what were your, what were your general thoughts on the Bayonetta movie? Man, uh, fresh off of seeing Dune 2021 last night, mm -hmm. which is the best high fantasy proper noun generator <laughs> that I've seen in a long time, uh, this was hard to swallow because it's one of those, but without the political intrigue mm -hmm. and with and the score is not ma made by Hans Zimmer. Um, yeah, not a lot of like getting done in <laughs> this. No, not much. I, I will say. Not a whole lot. Um, the the question is: Does Bayonetta have compelling enough lore and story to be its own film, where it's not actually a video game and I don't get to push button combos to kill things? Uh, no, uh, it uh, it's it's not compelling enough. Uh, I I think, um, and it's just you know I think the design. Of like certain things, like the angels and the demons, uh, like the, the 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 fodder, like the 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 foot soldiers. I think those continue to fuck. I always liked how they looked. I've played uh, Bayo Bayonetta two, and it's it's cool looking sometimes, but 
I just don't get down with much else visually. So if, if you're not really there for that, uh, it's you're not going to get much out of it because Bayonetta as a character doesn't really do much for me either. <laughs> nope. You know? Yeah. Um. It, yeah. And like the fight scenes, I felt like at the start were pretty good. And then the quality of the animation, like slowly deteriorates over the course of the film. Like you get more and more still frames you're, as you're the movie right. goes on. At the beginning, it's almost yeah. like, it, it's almost got like an, like an end of Ava vibe. It's like very like uh, twitchy uh-huh. and very crunchy. You know, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. and like End of Ava, there's a bunch of religious uh, Christian mythology uh, shit that doesn't actually mean anything. Um, uh, <laughs> Which, yeah. I know, you know, I, I, I fuck with it, but it has to be, I, it doesn't have the big fucking set pieces that the Bayonetta games have. And with that gone, it's like, eh, yeah, the movie is know? not that much of a roller coaster. Like there is the big, it's not the, the big God fight at the end, but like the, the fight scenes are kind of flat. Like, kind of not super crazy. Um, Yeah, this thing had a lot going against it from the start for me because, uh, you know, I'm not, I don't, I don't particularly take to this type of like extremely high fantasy shit. Um, Like, I I think when there, when there is like no ground beneath me, you know, when there's no like kind of grounding in, in, in reality Mm -hmm. of some kind that, that stuff tends to lose me a bit. Just not really my thing. Um, And I, and I don't tend to go for this kind of, really maximalist character design that Bayonetta is about where like everything looks like somebody started drawing it and kept drawing it for several hours before they stopped <laughs> you know just like you know that feeling where you're like you're 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 drawing a sketch in class and then like it's been way too long and you keep adding stuff to it because you're still bored and you've kind of ruined the nice thing that you had in the first place <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's it, yeah everything down to the fonts used in, in this is and it's like like i get and can appreciate like what they're going for like i get it mm-hmm. you know it's it I, it's just i i'm with you it's 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 not <laughs> yeah these are all these are all personal taste comments on my on my yes. end i don't i don't think like these are bad you know uh t- this is not a like inherently bad genre it's just not for me um yeah but the the big thing that's holding me back for this is that Bayonetta is just not my type, man. <laughs> um, and Dude, a, I'm I'm so with you. <laughs> a huge part of the appeal of Bayonetta, which you somehow haven't mentioned for ten minutes, is that you know that you are sexually interested in Bayonetta. That's part of that's part of it. So I'm kind of I'm kind of approaching this film from like a like a detached like anthropological perspective, like you know. <laughs> I, uh, the culture yeah, finds I, this to be an attractive woman what can we learn and, about that and w- we'll, we'll get to this but i i just want to say I, i'm with you and i think that it's a little disingenuous to pretend like that is not a big draw of this mm-hmm. movie so so that when so when i don't particularly want to fuck bayonetta it it does detract from you know the part of yeah why it's like in it, it's like saying that like people like it's like people saying they legitimately play dead or alive extreme for the volleyball <laughs> it's like you i i i don't think it's that's i don't think that's that far of a comparison like sure. yes is there more going on in bayonetta obviously but like you you can't tell me that's not like yeah that's you can't tell me that's not part of the design doc that mm-hmm. okay well they're gonna want to fuck her <laughs> like i don't know we'll, we'll, yeah we'll get to it's it. it's um <laughs> 
it's it's not a it was not a particularly compelling film for me. Um, you yeah. know, besides the fact that I just think the story is just not well told in this. Um, you know, Bayonetta is not a real character, right? She's like no. a caricature of a dominatrix, right? <laughs> um, like pretty, her, pretty literally. Yeah, yeah, she is constantly making quips about like getting off on hurting people and murder, um, in in a way that a character from a pornography might do, right? Um, you know, yeah. and 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 so it's hard to take her seriously as like a an actual character with with relationships to other characters and like it's hard to feel like there's any sort of emotional weight to anything that happens because i'm just like well this barbie doll will be fine <laughs> you know like <laughs> it just she yeah. she doesn't she doesn't come off as a real person and so in the rare occasions in this movie when they decide to make her stop quipping and killing things and try to make her have like a an emotional thought about something uh, it just it really falls flat because she's she's not believable as that you know she's a she's no, a pinup poster. It doesn't work. Yeah, it 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 doesn't work. You know they they didn't they haven't done the work to make her both a sex symbol and also uh, a human being with emotional depth. They, they could you know plenty of characters are that, but the, Bayonetta is not. I'm based on this movie, you know. Yeah, I, yeah. I guess we'll say like uh, my entire take here because I'm about to get into some hot take territory here. I think, <laughs> um, like my my entire take here is based off of my experience with this character watching this film. You know, maybe she is portrayed differently in the games. I don't know. So I'm just going to talk about it from the perspective of uh, you know, a Bayonetta bloody fate watcher. Yes. Um, I. Feel like there is this desire to make Bayonetta into something that she isn't, right? And and sort of separate her from other female video game protagonists that are sex symbols, um, and and sort of claim that Bayonetta is sort of making like a new and compelling statement uh, in the field of video games and sexuality, and. I, I just don't know if I, based on what I have seen in this film, I don't know if that's true. Um, you know, like I said, she is literally a dominatrix, which is like, fuck. Okay. Let me get through the argument first before I say, and that's fine. <laughs> right, <laughs> get yeah, through the right. argument first. <laughs> um, you know, she is literally a dominatrix, right? This is a character that is making quips about how hot and sexy it is to murder all of the monsters that she kills. Right. Um, this is a character who is purely defined by her sexuality, right? It's this is a this is a female character who is white and skinny uh, and has large tits and a huge ass uh, and is defined entirely by her sexuality. Her core personality trait, the thing that Bayonetta's uh, ethos revolves around, is her sexuality, right? Um, and I don't think that this is like bad you know i don't think that bayonetta is like evil <laughs> because of this right. but i i'm not sold like the argument that gets pulled pulled a lot is like bayonetta is different from these other female video game protagonists who are defined by their sexuality and who are defined by their sex appeal because she is in control of her sexuality mm -hmm. because she's a dom right <laughs> like that's basically the argument is like <laughs> Because she's a dom. Like, that's what it is, right? I Did you know that I'm actually a top and therefore cannot be sexually exploited? 
Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting yeah. that. Yeah. I just. This is still a fantasy, right? She is still a sexual fantasy female video game protagonist whose soul-defining yeah, like, personality like... <laughs> traitors her sexuality. But people... This doesn't... Banna doesn't exist in a vacuum, right? Yeah. Like, this, this character doesn't exist in its own real universe. Like, people drew it. <laughs> yeah, and like... <laughs> in order and... to sell it to other people. And, like, if you want Bayonetta to step on you, I think that's fine. <laughs> I yeah. think that's fine, you know? Yeah. But I just don't think that there's... I just, I didn't walk away from this feeling like this was, like, Bayonetta is significantly different from Lara Croft. Mm. You know? Or or the characters from Dead or Alive, or the characters from Soul Calibur, <laughs> you know? I, I don't, I don't feel that there is something significantly different about this character. Uh, at least based on this movie. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I wonder if this is a... It kind of does. This kind of does feel like a hot take. I don't know. I I really do see this a lot. Yeah, where... this is like a common take, right? From like, from yeah. like, like lesbians, you know. And it's I... strange because yeah. I feel like I'm just like I don't know, man. I don't know what y'all see here. Like, <laughs> is it, it almost... is it really just that like they made a character <laughs> that appeals to you? <laughs> yeah, like it's it's like you can't admit that you're just horny. Like I. <laughs> I'm okay. There it is. It's, there it is. You I, said it out loud, not me. I'm sorry. I'm so, like, like, <laughs> I, this, I'm, this is, this is going to sound hyperbolic because it is, but it's a fucking podcast. So shut up. I just, isn't it like vaguely like sex negative to have to like come up with these like justifications for like being horny for a character? Like, you know what turns me on about Bayonetta? You know what's hot about her? Her agency. <laughs> Like, no. Yeah, I, I really felt like Bayonetta had a lot of agency when the camera was firmly planted on her ass and tits for 90% of the film. I really felt like she was very in control of her sexuality. I didn't feel like she was an object for me to play. Yeah, the parts where Bayonetta was, uh, has to take off all of her clothes to fight. I felt like she had a lot of agency in that. She, she she had agency when she controlled her hair and used it as when she, a bikini. Yeah, when she strength. pops her ult and and gets naked in front of a child version of herself in this movie. I thought I that was just... very empowering for women when that happened. Ah, <laughs> uh, fucking a! Just just be horny, you know. I just just yeah. just, just just be horny. I don't know. They lollipop chainsaw. Yeah, wanting wa there's nothing like... revolutionary about wanting to get dommed by a tall white femme. <laughs> I'm sorry, dude. I l listen. We 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 we've been there. You know, it's okay. Just just be horny. You don't. It's not. <laughs> Yeah, we're I, really digging ourselves. Know, I'm so glad that I don't fucking listen to anybody who listens to this podcast anymore. Read anything they have to say because I'm sure people are gonna be fucking pissed at me for the shit that we've said. Yeah, if we if we were like if this was like a popular podcast, I don't know, we'd be getting we'd, torn we'd to have, shreds. Yeah, but you know what? I'm I'm getting braver by the episode. Oh, man. Um. <laughs> oh God. Uh. I. Yeah. We can talk. We can talk a little bit about about some of the supporting cast in this film. Um, really, I think we're, we're, 
gonna briefly touch on baby bayonetta who is a character and okay so you know what's funny is like is like i started watching this movie and baby bayonetta shows up which is like it's like a child that looks a lot like bayonetta and in my head i'm calling her baby bayonetta as a joke you know like like she's baby mario but you know i obviously yeah. i thought she was a different character but i'm just calling her that because it's funny right and then later in the film it turns out no she's literally baby bayonetta from the past brought into the present the the explanation for why that happens from the bad guy happens in half a sentence and then is never brought up again i don't know i don't know why baby bayonetta is in the movie but she's here and she learns that murder is awesome <laughs> that's her arc it, it was a yeah the justification was real um it, it was a real Doctor Who episode. That's that's all. That's all I'm gonna say. She was there because the plot needed her to be there. Yeah. You know? The plot. Yeah. Like she's there because the the plot needs someone for Bayonetta to care about, so we can pretend that she's like maybe at least a two dimensional character. Um. God. Yeah. What, and, if, and, what and, if she had a sad childhood? That yeah. makes it okay. And her arc is literally that she learns to just not to swallow all of her emotions and never cry and not be afraid of anything, which is, I guess, something that we're all meant to aspire to because we should all be, want to be like Bayonetta and get really hot and bothered when we do some sig murders. Um, God. Uh, I the the journalist guy who's in this movie is so forgettable. I don't even remember what his name was. Uh, and his plot just kind of evaporates at some point in the film, so it's not important. Um, I <laughs> briefly let's talk about this this black exploitation character that is in the film. Um, you know, so there's a character who I think is called Rodan or something. Um, and uh, you know, he, just he's an assist trophy, so I know who he is. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just like uh. Every stereotype about uh, 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 a big, scary black man uh, from films from the 70s uh, is present in this 2013 anime film. Um, This character barely speaks. He's completely irrelevant to the plot. I just wanted to draw attention to one of the last lines in the film where this character, uh, when asked uh, what's going to happen in the future with Bayonetta, he says, who's to say... I'm just a guy who pours drinks and makes weapons for killing angels. That's all I do. And I thought that was sort of like a beautiful encapsulation of how this was a non-character. <laughs> <laughs> it, I'm, it's, you know, you don't notice these... You don't notice it as much when it's a video game and this person's just a vendor that you buy weapons from. It's like fine. Yeah, whatever, when it's a like, film and it's like, oh, there's one black character in the movie. He has five lines... And in the end, he says, damn, I don't know anything about anything. I'm just here to sell things. <laughs> the end. Uh, it's, yeah. uh, it's, uh, it's, uh, you know, our, this podcast is no stranger to this type of character. It feels, feels like coming home. Certainly not. Um, God, I think the only other thing that I want to say about this movie, um, was, the thing that got the biggest emotional reaction out of me for this entire film was when they like cut to a flashback where all of the witches get murdered and they're all like dead on the floor of the monastery or whatever and they're all like bleeding out and it's like this horrible scene but all of them have like (laughs) have like prominent fat asses (laughs) 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 that are like facing towards the camera 
I felt that that was really empowering for women when when the corpses of all of the of all of the murdered female characters were propped up so that you could ogle their asses. I, you know, I, I, they, they wouldn't, they wouldn't admit me into, into demon school because my ass is too flat. That made me feel really, that, that, that was, I felt like that was a really feminist move from this film. Oh well, my God. The, they're, the, the, well, did, did, maybe they, maybe the, the dead witches with fat asses had agency. <laughs> I was so sad because they, because they lost their agency because they got murdered. <laughs> They had so much agency before that. Ah, fuck, oh, man! Jesus Christ! Um, I, listen, it's okay to I, I, you know, I get it. I, I, I like, I like, I like bad horny things too. I also it's, like it's, fat asses. It's fine. We all like fat listen. asses. There's just, you know, you're not like a political revolutionary for liking fat asses. That's all I'm gonna say. Uh, where can people find the podcast on the internet? <laughs> That's a great question. Uh, you can follow us um, if if you if you want more of these takes. Uh, we'll be blasting these type of takes and others occasionally on the Cartridge Cinema Club Twitter. That's at Cartridge Cinema. Uh, the music is by DJ Tin Man. The art is by Courtney Kaufman. For me, it was Tuesday. <sighs> so I know y'all y'all all want to know. Like what's the how how often are there going to be new cartridge cinema clubs? We're not going to tell you. <laughs> yeah, frankly, it's it's none of your business, and it's homophobic that you even asked. We're going to have our own internal schedule that we will keep to, but it's none of your business. And episodes will come out when they're done, because that is how we can fit this into our lives and make it fun. <laughs> but 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 Alex, I like looking forward to the episode. What are you five? <laughs> Just kidding. Thank you for listening. But also, but also the kind of also the thing that I said. <laughs> oh, man. Peace. Peace. Great episode. Yeah, this, you know. Get, it's like, coming back with a 10 out of 10. It's like, it's, it's like, it's like season five, episode one of a show where like season four was only kind of good, but then season five, episode one, they're like, damn, we're going to start this. It's a soft reboot, new, new characters, new attitude. We did, we didn't get canceled, but now we're excited. A new network picked us up. Oh, Christ. I'm going to stop recording now. Bye. That was a good one. Yeah.